0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network. It is Super Bowl Monday. As uh, we put to wrap this football season, this NFL season, Uh, won't have live football action for a while. And what a game it was. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into probably all the things that, you want to discuss about this game and maybe a couple of things that may have gotten by you, um, but uh, a reminder as I like to do at this time, uh, going on board to uh, check out LandryFootball.com to get even more detailed breakdowns of not only this game but uh, everything going on in football. Is folks, we are now fully into scouting season. I mean, scouting season is twelve months a year, but for fans, now the season is over. The Super Bowl's put to bed. It's about next season, free agency, the combine coming up, the draft, everything that's related to improving your roster going into next season, Uh, college football, it's transfer portal, it's spring practice before long, it's transfer portal in May that we're looking at, and everything to do with roster accumulation, adjustments, Uh, still a lot of that going on in both the college game and certainly a lot of that is going to take place in the NFL. You need to have some experience, guide to take you along with. Taking you with my 40 years as a scout in the NFL, my 40th draft, uh, take you through this process. I've been through every free agency period that the NFL has had. Um, So I'm going to take you through the eyes of a football coach, scout, administrator, Uh, in how you deal with certain situations and construct a team, uh, make adjustments, all the things that are going to be pertinent this time of year, we got you covered over at LandryFootball.com. So for the best information, uh, you want to make sure that you check on uh, the scouting season offer on LandryFootball.com, 50% discount. We think you'll absolutely love it. For your college fans, yeah, breaking down everything college, we got you covered there as well. Uh, Transfer portal, recruiting, Roster analysis, who's coming back, you name it. We got it all for you. Same place, LandryFootball.com. Subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network, where you can get all of our football show content. And Folks, yeah, we're not going away. It is a football season 12 months a year here. <coughs> it's just different phases. You have the scouting season, the playing season. We've got it all covered for you. All right, so it was a great game. I was excited that the game was as close as it was. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a point in the first half. Philadelphia clearly in control. Patrick Mahomes goes down. It looks like the angle injury is really bad. I know that they're going to wrap it and they're going to shoot him up. All the, that, that But I, I just thought, uh-oh, this game is getting out of hand. The Chiefs haven't had the ball very much and Mahomes is out, this, this is close to being over. That was my mindset watching the game. Um, the Eagles were killing the Chiefs with unbelievable plays in the passing game. I thought they struggled some in the run game, defending the run, but it was the when the Chiefs adjusted to that, and we we broke this down for you in the preview of this matchup, that when you overplay the run, which you have to do, then you have to make make Jalen Hurts in this passing game beat you. Well, boy, they did. I mean, they were doing it. And it looked like, you know, this is going to be awfully tough. If Hurts is going to play that well, it, I mean, I don't know how you stop him. Um, because certainly the run game is is, you know, what, they're built for, but when they get a lead, they've got complete control of the game. And so it was heading that way. And there are a couple of things that jumped out at me. When you, when you have a team and you have it gone your way as the Eagles did in the first half, it's the little things. It's the things that don't jump out at you as a problem at the time. But when you, when you accumulate it, it becomes a bigger issue. Take, for example, what I thought was maybe the, the key of the game, the, the key play of the game. <clears throat> you all remember the fumble by Jalen Hurts, third and six. It was costly. But it was the little things, the play before that. Folks, you've seen the Eagles with Jalen Hurts and that massive strong lower body and the way they allow the pushing and the movement of the quarterback. It is as close to a guarantee as you're going to get in football for the Eagles to pick it up third and one, fourth and one. I mean, go for it. I mean, you know, analytics be damned. This is why analytics, just straight numbers, don't mean anything. You have to look at your personnel and what can you do. Third and one, fourth and one. Jalen Hurts in a sneak with his strength and. Step into the world
2: of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com.
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Players pushing them behind. You could have 12, 13, 14 guys on the field defensively. And you're going to have a hard time stopping that. So it's third and one. And the Eagles with a lead. It was, you know, on the way to being maybe 24 or 28 to seven. It's third and one, and there's a false start. It goes to third and six. There were only eight third down plays for Kansas City in this game, and only three of them were third and six or longer. They stayed on schedule. We talked about how the Eagles needed to stay on schedule, and they were early. They that's how they controlled. The game, it's early downs. It's the key to having third and short is success on early downs, right? Well, they did a phenomenal job. But that simple mistake, look, it, mistakes happen. It, it's part of it. I, I get it. It's its not the that cost them the game. No, but it's a little thing. Now it's third and six. And then you've got the Hertz fumble. Now, that doesn't excuse Hertz fumbling. You got to protect the football. But you know, on 3rd and 1, it is a 99% chance they pick up the first down. There's never the fumble on the next play, and you don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way. I get that, but but the likelihood the way it was going is you may be going up 24 or 28 to 7, complete momentum your way, whereas that fumble gave the Chiefs life. And even though they were dominated in the first half by Philly, the score was not that big. And the Chiefs are a good comeback team. But when you got a chance to extend that lead, you know, coming back from 10, coming back from, I mean, coming back from 21 or 17 is quite a bit different. At that point, you go into halftime with a 24 or 28 to seven lead. And you're probably a couple of series away from putting this game out of reach, even for the chiefs, but that mistake, little, little mistake that, that compounded by the fumble the next play. And all of a sudden chiefs back in the game, you don't doesn't look like they're back in the game. And I even said, and even tweeted out, man, the chiefs, I treat out what the chiefs needed to do in the second half to get back in the game, but they were in a position to where if they accomplished some of that, they'd be in good position. One of the things I said was they were going to need the whole serve on offense scoring touchdowns on basically every drive. And they did that except, you know, they, the lead wasn't as big. And so they had a little room there. The other thing that was completely surprising and completely off script was that Philly, their ability to run the football went away in the second half. And well, First of all, it was the passing game that had success. I thought the Chiefs did a great job with their run fits in the second half. But when you're built on running the football and you can't own the line of scrimmage, what did I say last week? The line of scrimmage edge is not An advantage for Philly, it is a huge advantage for Philly. Folks, I say it all the time. You can have the advantage if you don't make it work to your advantage. It doesn't matter what it looks like on paper. It doesn't matter how good you are if you don't play better or play up to that standard. Philly lost this game at the line of scrimmage. They could not run the football. And get this. The Chiefs stayed on schedule offensively, as I've alluded to. The Eagles didn't get a pass rush. They could not sack the quarterback. Why? Did the pass rush go away? Yes. Why did it go away? Remember what I always say. You have to ask why and answer why. To say, well, they didn't rush the passer, and that was the key, No, that's not the key. That's an obvious statement. Why did they? Why was it? Here's why. The Chiefs were able to run the football well. They were able to they got the ball out quickly and they stayed on schedule. As I said, only eight first down eight third down snaps for Kansas City. And of those, only three of them were third and long or third and six or more. So, they were on schedule offensively. Heck, the Eagles made more big plays in the game. Jalen Hurts made more unbelievable throws in the game. The Eagles, in third and long, made some plays that were just – I didn't know that – I mean, that's not the world that they live in. That's not what they're consistently good at. They got it done in third and longs. But it was the Chiefs, the big play Chiefs, that stayed on schedule in this game. The script was flipped. That's why the Eagles had no pass rush. It wasn't that they didn't play hard or did. there's nothing to rush. They're running the football at you, slowing down the pass rush. They're getting the ball a lot quick. It's third and short. You got to respect the run on third and short, second and short. I mean, that's the world that the Chiefs lived all game long. That is the reason why the Eagles couldn't get the pass rush. And if the Eagles can't get a pass rush, then it's a problem. The offensive line did a great job. It wasn't that the offensive line stood back and held great pass blocking type clinics in seven-step drops. It was the fact that the offensive line was able to come off the football, run block, attack, and that slowed down the Eagles' pass rush so that when they did have to pass block, it was not nearly the type of challenge. Um, I thought was the difference. The key for the Chiefs' resurgence was the offensive line play and the Eagles' lack of a running game. The Eagles had a chance to close this game out with their running game, maybe not shut the Chiefs out in time of possession like they did in the first half, but still had more snaps offensively than Kansas City. At that point, with a 10-point lead, the Chiefs were not, the Eagles were not in a position to where their scoring was finished, but they probably, with ball possession and running the football, One more score was all was needed to put the game away. Even against the Chiefs, they couldn't run the football. And that was the most surprising thing. I thought the Chiefs, and we discussed this, how was the Chiefs going to play this? How would they stop the run? This is not a team that defended the run very well this year. It was middle of the pack. The Niners, by example, was a lot better couldn't stop it. So how are the Chiefs going to stop it, you say? We talked about this on LandryFootball.com. It's why we encourage you to get involved in what we're doing and why we encourage you to to subscribe to what we're doing here and discussing it in a shorter form is they had to be hyper-aggressive. They had to take chances. They had to sell out against the run. And if the Eagles made enough plays in the passing game and you lost that way, you lose that way, but you don't let the run game beat you. They took chances and they caused a lot of problems for the Eagles running game. They had both. They basically did a good job taking the option away from them. They overplayed the run. They put more numbers against the run and the Eagles couldn't run the football as well. And, they made some phenomenal plays. Jalen Hurts did his job to win the game. In fact, I'll say this after watching the tape if it's not for his fumble, you can make the case that he was the MVP of the game, that he played better than anybody in the game in a losing effort. And that's only happened, I think, one other time. I know I remember the other time, Chuck Holley with the, the Cowboys in Super Bowl Five. I remember that. I don't think we've had another time where a player on a losing team, it's MVP. Now, they wouldn't have given Jalen Hurts the MVP because that's kind of the way they do it. They're going to give it to somebody on the winning team. I get that. I'm not saying that would have happened, nor would it matter what difference is an MVP if you lose. That's why they don't really do it. But you can make the case. Jalen Hurts graded out, played as well as anybody, minus the fumble. It's still on him. He can't fumble. But I think if they don't fumble, I think if they convert that third and one, it it might be enough for them to win. Maybe it just halts the Chiefs' momentum a little bit longer to maybe they win it. We don't know. We'll never know. That's just like anything, an officiating call, a play, and more on that later, a play call, a play execution. If it goes opposite than what it did, then maybe the result's different. Maybe the path to result is different. Some interesting things there. Um, But the Chiefs couldn't run the football. I mean, the Eagles couldn't run the football in the second half. How about the Chiefs getting more possessions on offense, coming out with a great offensive play call and execution on the first series to get right back in the game, first drive of the second half. And the Chiefs get the ball. I thought of all the things the Chiefs did well and we talked about staying on schedule, and that's due to – why did they stay on schedule? Because they ran the football well. That's the why there. They ran the football well. They run blocked well enough to where they created third and short, and it it opened up the playbook. How about the adjustments, the unscouted – I always say this. You take a great coach and you give him time, two weeks – And he gives you unscouted looks. Jonathan Gallon may get a head coaching job today with the Cardinals. And he's very good. He's done a great job. Okay? It's not about what he didn't do. He had his defense prepared for what the Chiefs have done. But the Chiefs basically baited him.
0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com.
1: No 18 Terms and conditions apply. website for details. And cause them problems on the goal line. They adjusted their motions, their formations to finish drives very well. What they did was obviously with their motions, they were selling, because this is what they were running, the slot receiver coming across the formation. So obviously the Eagles are adjusting to that and planning that only to set that up, let's call it, they set up the zig time and time again, and then they zagged it. So when people say, how did, because twice there was like nobody around when the Chiefs scored their two later touchdowns in the second half. Why that was due to the formation that looked the same, the motion that looked the same, that set up a different route concept, which was basically stopped, and he ran unimpeded. That's great coaching. That's that's a perfect example of great planning by Andy Reid, the um, enemy. Great job with different looks more than. It is Gannon again and being unprepared. Um, the Chiefs had the ball more in the second half, and they did a great job with it. The you could see the twenty-nine minute halftime, them being able to figure some things out there, and 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 again, in fairness, may have been able to do some of these things in the first half if they had the possession a little bit more. I also thought though that the real key, offensively, was the protections, was the goal line. Formation adjustments and motion adjustments, or or route adjustments, off the same formation and in motions. And then I got it. I got to give a lot of credit. Steve Specnola has done it again. The guy's got now multiple Super Bowls. He's got what four, <clears throat> um, three or four. And what a big game defensive coordinator! It's going to be. Um, a a book or at least a chapter in a book of a guy who's come up with big time game plan after big time game plan. Again, young guys in the secondary Bolton's an outstanding linebacker. Certainly Chris Jones is one of the elite players in this league. Clark played well. They've got some good players. He's not doing it with smokes and mirrors, but they've got some real attackable areas on that defense that people have attacked you in the course of the year, but man, did he aggressively go after him made good adjustments defensively by taking away the run game in the second half. And look, as I said, it almost didn't work because Jalen hurts basically built the Eagles out to a point. I, I just thought those were the key factors that those on offense and then Spaggs did a great job on defense. Look, the the Eagles weren't stopped offensively, they came back and scored again and answered. So it's not like the Eagles were stopped offensively. But the Chiefs got enough stops. They got a couple of stops here or there to get the ball back for their offense. Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes that's all you need. And that's what he did. And for a team that's built around the offense, Spax is a perfect defensive coordinator because he's there to gimmick you up. He's there to make the meal taste well with whatever is in the refrigerator. And I think he's just a really good, really good job. Um, The late call, the pass interference call, people are frustrated with it. Folks, I get it. I would have liked the call to not taking place because I would have liked to have seen Jalen Hurts with the ball with the 90 seconds to see what he can do. I'm like everybody else. I want to see that drama. It was a drama-filled game. It was like two games in one. Eagles dominate the first half. The Chiefs dominate the second half. But it's tied at 35, and we don't know what's going to happen. And we need to – You know, maybe the Chiefs score, and then we'll see if the Eagles can go back. And then it ends that way. We all want to see that. But, folks, it was holding. It was the right call. Okay? It was holding. I mean, what do you want to do there? Do you want the? I mean, the officials can't win. They get criticized for making mistakes and making the wrong call. <laughs> and when they make the right call, they don't like when they made it. Folks, despite what you might think, and, and I notice a lot of them, the media does this. And I do notice that, like in basketball, in maybe in the NBA, for example, they allow things, they allow walking and double dribble. And they do, it's like, and they allow physical. I get that. So there's this belief that that's the way it should happen in football. It's not the way it's taught, it's not officiating wise. It was holding. It was holding on the first play of the game. I mean, if it was took place on the first play of the game, the last play of the first half, the second half, the whatever, it's holding. And if you don't want it called, I get it. Neither do I. Because you, you, you don't want to see the game in that way. But, folks, this is not a movie script. We can't say, hey, go back, rewrite the ending. And let's let it happen a different way. It's the right call at any – it's the right call at the right time at any time. It's the right call. It was a tug. It was obvious. Let me give a coaching point here because I'm not finished with this. I always like coaching a game in which I had the dark jersey and the opposing team had the white jersey. Because it's always easier to have white gloves or white tape. If he's got white gloves there, I don't know if the official sees it as much. If you got a darker colored glove, folks, you just see it more. It doesn't make the foul less or more. It just optically you see it, and it's about whether them seeing it. People would say, "Yeah, but you know, they they missed the holding call by the tackle." folks, because you miss a call, you miss it. You're gonna miss calls. You have to look at this and say, "What is he supposed to do?" Yeah, you know, my partner, the line judge missed a ta- uh, a holding call early, and therefore I'm gonna miss this one. To even that's not how it works then it's completely erroneous and ignorant for people to think otherwise. Well, you don't make a call at that point. Let the players do Yes, you let the players. It was holding. <laughs> you know, if it was incidental, it wasn't a grab, that's not holding. That is allowable. But if it's a foul, it's a foul if you replayed it and looked at it a hundred times, which people have since it's a foul. it's the right call. The fact that it happened in the Super Bowl, where we didn't want it to end that way. And I'm raising my hand as someone who wish it wouldn't have happened. I wish they would have missed it. So we could have seen what have happened because that's just what, without caring who's going to win it. I want to say it's not the job of the official to make it more entertaining for you by making a call or missing a call or over you know look overlooking a call to make it a little, it doesn't work that way you know you don't teach it to say this is holding and grabbing this is illegal except if it's the last two minutes of a Super Bowl it doesn't work that way. It's not correct and it's unfortunate that the game ended that way but that's the reality of it and i know that doesn't bring solace to the eagle fans and i understand and I understand the people that didn't want to see the game that way again for the fifth time sixth time neither did i it's the right call it's the only call it's what you have to make there um Andy Reid is truly a great coach. I think about how people criticized him because he didn't win a Super Bowl against Philly when he was with Philly. You know, it goes to show you, though, you can be a great coach and not quite get there. Don Correale, God rest his soul, finally, justly, should have been in voted in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Uh, the great modern visionary founder of the passing game. Concepts that we all use today. Um, never got to a Super Bowl. You know, got caught in the bitter coal in Cincinnati. When you, I mean, he just had really good teams that fell short. And, and, and he had great teams in St. Louis, the Cardinals. He never quite was a brilliant coach. Andy (coughs) Reid could have been one of those guys. Had he not come across a Patrick Mahomes. Would have been no less of a coach. Would have been every bit as good. May not have won a Super Bowl. May not, not have gone to a Super Bowl. To take a Donovan McNabb, who is a good player, nowhere near Patrick Mahomes, but to get them to a Super Bowl and then lose to New England, again, he didn't get it done. Criticized. Okay. But you get Patrick Mahomes, he's now won two Super Bowls, went to a third one with Kansas City. And, um, you know, we know they lost to Tampa. I, you know, the problems with protection would go all along. that And Andy understands this better than anybody. Talk about all the toys and the playmakers. He understands offensive line. He was an offensive lineman himself. He didn't have an offensive line that could hold up against Tampa's pass rush, and that killed him in that Super Bowl. I thought with a healthy offensive line, they probably win it, but they didn't. That's that. that, that happens. That's football. He's won two out of three. And I don't know how many more he's going to win or be in a position to win. I just know this every year. They've got a great chance because of Mahomes and Kelsey. Such a, I mean, it's just they will find ways to work around. You know, they let's say they lose Kelsey down the road. I mean, he becomes – you know a player that uh, you know, Mahomes will likely play longer than Kelsey. I don't know that, or Kelsey will slow down, and you know, whatever they will find the pieces around them. Free agency, they're up. Andy basically runs that personnel. Brett Veach works for Andy Reid, and this is the this is the genius of Andy Reid. This is the humble nature of Andy Reid. So he has a guy. Like a Brent Veach, it's really good, that is great at evaluating and understanding personnel and understanding what he looks for. But one of the things, and and again, I have a great affinity, having worked a lot with Andy, but also my background with Bill Belichick, two guys that do it differently. Belichick, there's nobody that has a GM title there because Bill is the de facto GM. And so you may have personnel director or whatever type. Bill is running the show there. He makes the decisions. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous
0: with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.
1: he will tell you that Brett Veach does this. He does that. And Brett does a great job. And, you know, may have it, but but he knows Brett. And there's a relationship to where Brett, Andy can speak softly, calmly about what do you think they should do on a player, acquiring a player, keeping a player, paying a player. That's Andy Reid making those decisions, folks. In the draft and Brett is allowed to quote unquote, make them have the title and maybe have the authority, but they're not going to do anything that Andy Reed's going to dictate where they go. If it's Andy and Brett and they disagree, they're gone with Andy. It's Andy's decision, but it's a way to keep a guy like Brett Veach from staying there and having quote unquote, the control. Cause Andy has a way of, giving you control, letting you spread your wings, giving you all the credit, but really being the guy that shapes the culture, shapes the direction, uh, cr- uh, shapes the how you evaluate and come up with the critical factors at each position for your team. And he is the guy. Andy Reid is the guy. He is the one guy that needs to stay, and Mahomes is the other guy. They stay, they're going to be successful. They're going to put pieces around them. And he's a great coach. He's an even better person. Uh, obviously, he's had some tough issues with, and I think uh, maybe his loving nature and his style. I don't know. I can't speak to what he's like in the home. And tragically, he lost a son that had drug problems. And then he's got another one that had some drinking and drug problems that's now serving time. So it hasn't been all perfect in his personal life. Um, lovable Andy, big red, um, big red hair guy. That is a brilliant football mind that um, understands, gives a lot of freedom to his players. Players respect him. He doesn't have to do a whole lot to yell and They know that if what Andy says, the proof's in the pudding. And if anything ever goes wrong, draft pick, player makes a mistake, anything, Andy will stand up and say, It's my fault. Players respond to that. They love that. They play hard for that. He is one of those guys, I guess what I'm trying to say, that has the ultimate power control without ever having to pound his fist, say a cross word, or make some stern look. Instead, he does it with a smile on his face, a big Santa Claus looking guy in a big red suit with red mustache. He he's just can do it in a way that very unique. But it's a perfect example again. If you don't have the great quarterback, the great players, and and we said a lot with Belichick, Belichick's still a great coach. He's a great coach with Brady. He's a great coach now, but Super Bowl titles don't come if you don't have a guy that's a really top shelf quarterback like Tom Brady was, like Patrick Mahomes is. Um, you know we've. You just, you have to have that elite guy. You, which if you take Tom Brady and he grew up and he went, I'm not going to mention any names, but if he went to a bad organization that changes coaches several times, do you think Tom Brady would have been as good? Oh, he would have been as good, but they wouldn't have won as many. Certainly wouldn't have won. The play around him would have been, wouldn't have been good enough. So he would have been really, really good. But, you know, it's like, how good would a Matthew Stafford had been if he was with Andy Reid or Bill Belichick? I know one's a great offensive mind, one's a great defensive mind. But building a team around them makes all the difference in the world. So you have the guys that are the great talents, that a quarterback that don't win because they don't have the right framework built by the head coach. And if you're Andy Reid, and you're Bill Belichick and you are great, but you don't have the quarterback, there's only so far you can go. And I think it's a lesson that you gotta have that right guy at the head coaching spot. You gotta have that guy at quarterback, but you also have the have the other pieces around the players. It's just easier once you have that that foundation, then you could you can figure out ways to do it. It's kind of like a house, a good foundation. You know, maybe you can make this room bigger and make that one smaller, adjust things. You can do it. Look at this Chiefs team. Look at this team. Tyreek Hill gone. We're not living off the explosive plays. Chiefs did not win off of explosive plays. They won with running the football, offensive line play, and a quarterback that did what he needed to do and formations in the red zone that got the Eagles crossed up. That's how they won it. It wasn't. You know, like playing the Bills a year ago and the playoffs, and it's they're going up and down the field and you got Hill and you got Al I mean, you got Terry Kill and Mahomes and Allen and Stiggs, and they're scoring you going the length of the field in twelve seconds. It wasn't that, but there's a different way to do it. And when you have the quarterback and the head coach, you can do it. So he's been phenomenal. For Philly. Really tough for Philly. Tough loss for Philly. And I'm gonna tell you why. Um it's it is very easy to say the Eagles are going to be back. They're a great team. They're this or that. It's going to be difficult because this to me the Eagles had the better team. They had the better talent. They had more ways in which they could beat you, but they didn't get it done. They didn't live up to what their season has been. That is run the football well and they couldn't rush the passer because the Eagles, the, the chief stayed on schedule so much. So the two main things that carried this team all year long, their pass rush and their running game were not consistently good last night or, or were not in a position to be good. And it and it made them more vulnerable, more, vulnerable enough to not win the game, even with a lead. Where did it? great offensive line, great defensive line, some talent in the secondary, uh good young quarterback, but things are going to be changing. You know, you're going to lose some players. And while that's a better overall roster, keeping that roster together is going to be a challenge. The Chiefs are going to be back. They're going to be fine. They got a tougher road in the AFC right now, but they got Mahomes. And they'll move pieces around Mahomes and they'll do it a little differently, they've got that. They've got a great coach. With Sirianni, I don't know that is a great coach. I think he's done a great job this year. We'll see whether he can modify and adjust if the talent level dips. What if the offensive line loses some pieces? What if they begin to lose some of the defensive guys? Um, They're going to have to – they've got a great young receiver in Devontae Smith. They've got a veteran receiver that's good. They're going to have to pay Devontae Smith a lot of money. They're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts – Elite money. Can he do what Patrick Mahomes can do? Well, maybe he can, maybe he can't, but he's going to get paid in that elite level. So that's going to make it difficult to put the pieces around them. And that's going to be the challenge. So it's not like the Eagles can't do it. It's just going to be more difficult. Um, and, you know, you're, you may be able to make a, here's the thing. Got a lot of draft picks. You got to make the right picks. They've been, you know, hit or miss on some of those. A lot of us are on our picks. We'll see where that goes. We'll see where it goes, folks. Um, I think this is an Eagle team that's got. They're definitely the team to beat in the NFC East. Um, but let's see what happens next year. We would see what happens. Who they lose? Who they keep? I get the feeling that the Eagles left one on the table. I think the Chiefs, with the better quarterback, but the lesser roster, was able to beat the Eagles. And I feel like, I don't know that the Eagles, they may win a Super Bowl, they may win a couple coming up in the next six or seven years. I don't know. But I don't know that they're going to have a better chance to win a Super Bowl than the one they just lost. The what ifs the fumbles, the penalties, the missed tackles, a couple of questionable decisions. Um, they had a great shot in a great team in a really good year. I think they'll be back. I think they'll fight hard. I just think that it's a regretful opportunity because if I ever seen a situation where a team that really was in a position to win it but fell short and may live to regret it. Chiefs, again, winning one in which I thought the Eagles were the better team. I think it's great for them. And they don't look at it as they stealing it, but I do objectively. Like they kind of beat the better, more talented team. The Chiefs were the better team. They were the better coach team. They were they were make better at making adjustments. They were better at executing what they were, how the game involved, and they were able to adjust their execution and their style and their looks to get things back on track. They were the better team. The Eagles were the more talented team. And I think some mistakes were costly. What did I say in the previews all last week? It's not about the plays you make, but the plays you don't make. And you wonder if, again, if you're Philadelphia, if you're able to avoid a few mistakes here, there, that if you don't come out of it with a win. Because I, if I was going to say which team has a better future in the next five years, who is more likely to win more Super Bowls or go in more Super Bowls between the Chiefs and the Eagles? It's the Chiefs because they got Mahomes, and Mahomes is different different than anybody. Now, if Hertz can continue to be on that very high level of improvement and he maybe can take over and maybe even become, take this team more where he can become a better dropback team and do things, then they could absolutely work around Hertz like they've worked around Mahomes in Kansas City. And I think the Eagles can be back. I'm not saying the Eagles won't be back. I'm saying that I would look at the Chiefs' future because I know that things will change, but they've got their quarterback under a contract that is workable. The Eagles are going to lose people because they're going to have to do a deal with their quarterback and some other key young guys, and they're going to use a lot of picks, high picks, and they're going to need to hit on those guys because as they lose guys, these young guys are going to have to come in and have early impacts to fill in the voids that are guys that they're going to lose. It's kind of my thoughts on it. But we got a lot of time to break that down for you this entire offseason as we will uh, break down everybody in the NFL, uh, in their free agent situation, their needs, targets. We've got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of our scouting season offer today. Also a reminder to uh, subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network where you can get not only on LandryFootball.com and the Landry Football Podcast Network. All the NFL offseason scouting season stuff, but all of the college football scouting season breakdowns for you. We've got it for you, LandryFootball.com and the Landry Football Podcast Network. Great breaking it down for you. Enjoy it, folks. It is officially scouting season now. We've put the season to bed. On to the offseason in um in full force at LandryFootball.com and LandryFootball.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you next time, everyone.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com.